Hope is there for youth in the world of tomorrow. The answers to the... The Outline World Dispatch. Monday, June 26, 2017. I'm Adrian Jeffries. Today on The Dispatch. Yvette D'Entremont on chiropractors. Give or take half of chiropractors are really pushing the bullshit-based treatments. Tolu Edionwe on post-Brexit farming. British summer fruits cited this year's labor shortages as the worst since 2004. And Roisin Kybird on 2017. So once every hour, it finds somebody using the phrase, it's 2017, and that's literally the only premise. Here's the dispatch. Culture. If you are one of the approximately 80% of Americans who have suffered from back pain, you may have been referred to a chiropractor for medical help. Although many patients rely on chiropractors to manage chronic back or neck pain, others delegate overall health maintenance to chiropractic care. So does any of it work? According to Yvette D'Entremont, it's all bullshit. Hello, Yvette. Howdy, Adrian. Your thesis basically is that chiropractic is unscientific. Correct. Uh, correct. Now, there is, and I mean, there are some chiropractors out there who try to stick to just uh, manipulating the spine to relieve some spinal pain, but they do, They seem to be in the vast minority. And after looking at data on this, give or take half of chiropractors are really pushing the bullshit-based treatments. They're, they're pushing much more of these, you know, quote-unquote wellness treatments. Um, and the, the bigger problem is that chiropractic is based on the theory that by manipulating the spine, you can treat all health problems. You can treat bedwetting in children. You can treat liver problems. Chiropractors aren't uh, authorized to, you know, even to, to give vaccines. So this, you know, this cuts into their bottom line if they can, you know, if, if a chiropractor can't even give a vaccine, why would they want to send a patient to a, to an MD? So if they can just say, oh, come to me, I'll give you this immune boosting, you know, I'll tell you to take this immune boosting supplement that doesn't work um, and, and just keep bringing people back to their office. And that's kind of a problem because these things aren't proven. Do chiropractors have to get any sort of license and how is that governed? In, in order to practice? It's, they do need to get a license. So they go to chiropractic school and there is a governing board. But uh, this just because they're regulated doesn't mean that they're that what they do is proven. And that gives a little bit of confusion to uh, to the consumer. Chiropractic is in a very interesting area, I think, because there is some licensing. There's some schooling. It's been around yes. for a long time. There are health insurance companies that will reimburse for these treatments. It's got the veneer of authority, but it also, like, when you dig a little deeper, can get really crazy. Oh, yeah. And it's... Now, we have to be careful when we say something's been around for a long time. That doesn't mean that that it's good. There have been a, there are a lot of things that have been around for a long time. Uh, chiropractic came out 50 years before we were figuring out any of our shit in medicine. If chiropractic had adapted um, and said, just work as a fancy back massage, then you know what? I wouldn't be writing these articles about it. There's, they, they try to do, they try to go far beyond what they are possibly capable of doing or what they've ever been proven to do. And it's just, it's, it's not a, a thing that they are, that they should be claiming at this point, according to all the evidence. You mentioned that chiropractors have started to work on children and even infants. Yes. Is that right? 
back in, I, I think it was 1991, um, uh, the percentage of patients in chiropractic below the age of 18 was a little under 10%. Now chiropractic patients below the age of 18 are about 17%. I've seen pictures of a child, like of a six day old infant going to a chiropractor for an adjustment. They'll simultaneously say through, um, through spinal manipulation, they can simulate the nervous system or simulate the nervous system enough that you don't need vaccines, but they'll also claim that this is so gentle it couldn't bruise a tomato. It's one or the other, I'm sorry. This is dangerous either to a child's spine or to a parent's wallet because they're either doing nothing to a child's spine or they're possibly damaging it. A lot of people say, you know, that it works for them. So what, I mean, what can you help help explain the, the apparent contradiction there? Um, you know what? The science, and I, there's a link I put in the article, um, the science shows that that long-term uh, and, and even for the short-term, you're just as well off going to get a back massage. If you have chronic pain, go see a massage therapist. They're not uh, anywhere near as likely to cause spinal damage. And that's the big thing is that they're working on your muscles. The other thing is if you have some sort of an injury, you should be going to a physiatrist, to a physical therapist to strengthen up the muscles around your spine. So please, if you do have an injury, you're much better off with a physical therapist and a massage therapist Uh, and not somebody who's just trying to get a better Porsche. Yvette, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Power. 78%. That's the percentage of UK farmers who reported that this year's recruitment of seasonal workers had been more difficult than last year's. A BBC survey sent out recently to several British farmers associations found most respondents supported that finding enough seasonal workers for this year's harvest season had been more difficult than last year. The organization British Summer Fruits cited this year's labor shortages as the worst since 2004. And according to the BBC, many in the industry believe Brexit is to blame. Each year, around 80,000 workers migrate to the UK, primarily from Romania and Bulgaria, to harvest fruits and vegetables. The numbers were already waning, but the director of an agricultural recruitment company told The Guardian that the mid-2016 decision to leave the European Union has contributed to the perception of the UK as unfriendly, or more bluntly, xenophobic and racist. If the shortage of seasonal workers continues, British Summer Fruits estimates that the price of some fruits could increase significantly, or even double. The future. This past April, Roisin Kybert collaborated on a Twitter bot with a friend. Once every hour, it retweets people using the phrase, it's 2017. So for instance, at I am Stevie Nelson tweeted, honestly, it's 2017. Everything is a trash fire. There have been more than 900 it's 2017 retweets since they set up the bot, with more arriving all the time. Hi, Rogine. Hi, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> this is Adrian. Did I, did I pronounce you correctly? You did, it's Rogine. I talked to Roisin about what she thinks it all means. So tell me about the current year bot. It just scours the internet on the hour. So once every hour, it finds somebody using the phrase, 
it's 2017. And that's literally the only premise of the whole thing. Um, and then as the little tagline, we have latest in presence, which means delight in the present, but which obviously is quite ironic because the only, pretty much the only context that people use the phrase it's 2017 on Twitter is to complain. You see so many people saying, for fuck's sake, it's or FFS, it's 2017. And then they, you know, give some qualifier of what the present should look like. Um, and it struck me as incredibly dystopian and also sort of boiling down something I see a lot of on Twitter, which is sort of raging against the machine itself, you know, from within the machine, that we have modernity, you know, the technology is here to hear all of the world's complaints, but not to fix them. Right. And you found in your research that actually people are less likely to respond on Twitter specifically. Yeah, in a big way. I actually found statistics saying we are much more negative when tweeting from our phones. Like that, there's this idea of instant gratification and instant access when you're on your phone. You know, you can just sort of rant into the, the online void. What struck me as well was that a lot of people weren't really complaining about something solid. They were they were just raging about abstract concepts. And I think if you go onto the current year bot, it looks the way a very depressed person would see Twitter as a whole. It's just a curation of unsolvable problems. Some very flippant, like uh, I have in front of me here, one guy saying, um, it's 2017. I think it's high time we talked about the real issues. Like, why have we not totally eradicated roaches? And then you have uh -huh. these much more serious ones, like it's 2017, respect women, or it's 2017, why is racism still a thing? And then you have these really kind of apocalyptic, um, kind of fantastic throwaway lines, like it's 2017, steal everything. <laughs> like, Yeah, you said a sentiment analysis said they came up 69% negative and 31% positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it kind of reminded me of um, that film, I think it's called 2046, where it, I think it starts with this actor just muttering secrets into a hole in the wall. You know, it's just become mm -hmm. this place where you go to vent, um, but not to ever be questioned or to resolve the problem which you talk about. I mean, people go on Twitter to talk about their housemates. I've done that mm -hmm. <laughs> and complain about them or complain about their job or complain about their friends who they know safely are not on Twitter. But it feels good. It feels gratifying, I suppose, up to a point. Mm -hmm. In some ways, we have these things which are so sci-fi. You know, you have this phone in your hand that you can communicate with the whole world on and you can survey the world's problems. You can know what someone on the other side of the world to you cares about and whether it's you know it's 2017 where is the ginger emoji variant love that for real though it's 2017 why is anxiety still a thing um but you know lots of I, why is this still a thing tweets what yeah exactly why does this oh still exist at all and then like i love this one i hate when people put all their problems on twitter for attention it's 2017 everybody's life sucks so we don't feel bad for you yeah, you're putting your own problem, your own problem with everyone else's problem is is now part of the the swirling void that is, you know, the current year bot. <laughs> it doesn't have to be this way. But at the same time, maybe we should be looking elsewhere and not to Twitter to, you know, find answers. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you so much for talking with us. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> I, I love your passion. <laughs> My passion for nihilism. <laughs> <laughs>
That concludes the dispatch. I'm Adrienne Jeffries. More stories tomorrow.